Welcome to Con Café. I'm Irani Valverde. May this be a very wonderful 19th of September for you and yours. The psalmist joins the rank of the prophet in some of the writings that David and those who helped in the writing of the Psalms. Um, Psalm 79 verses 1 to 9 is what we will look at in the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible. And today's devotional is called Comfort Us, O God. Hear now the word of God. Verse 1. O God, the nations have come into your inheritance. They have defiled your holy temple. They have laid Jerusalem in ruins. They have given the bodies of your servants to the birds of the air for food, the flesh of your faithful to the wild animals of the earth. They have poured out their blood like water all around Jerusalem, and there is no one to bury them. We have become a taunt to our neighbors, mocked and derided by those around us. How long, O Lord? Will you be angry forever? Will your jealous wrath burn like fire? Pour out your anger on the nations that do not know you, and on the kingdoms that do not call your name. For they have devoured Jacob and laid waste his habitation. Do not remember against us the iniquities of our ancestors. Let your compassion come speedily to meet us. For we are brought very low. Help us, O God, of our salvation, for the glory of your name. Deliver us and forgive us our sins for your name's sake. The image you hear in this passage, uh, dear listener, is the reality of what happens when we disobey God and walk away from God. We pray it never happened to the extent of the description given here, but during the time of David and throughout the pages of the Old Testament, human life was lost and human lives were just scattered. The bodies of humans were scattered everywhere, left, as the psalmist said, uh, as food for the birds of the air. And blood poured like water all around Jerusalem and a helplessness because there seemed to be nobody to bury these brothers and sisters who had been lost. Their reputation had become a mockery to the name of God's people, Israel, Judah. No longer respected, no longer holding the place of esteem and prestige like they had before. And that sometimes happens to us in our own personal life. Here's what I wrote. We read today that prophets are not the only ones who pray or cry out to God when things have gone exactly as God had said would happen. It's like the spouse who just signed divorce papers after insisting on a marriage a father or mother had said would not work. Friends had said also, think it over, be sure you're doing the right thing. Stubbornness won out, then lost. Or the alcoholic who sees everything he earned for the week go to pay his bar tab. He fears having to face the wife for not having anything left for rent, food, diapers, payments that are due. And the illustrations could continue on. Decisions we've made based on passions and pleasures, based on our own stubbornness. But we get the point. The psalmist is lamenting that what God had said and still praying in hopes that God would indeed comfort those in need.
As we have visited this in weeks past, all that God says will happen, happens. And it is usually our fault, humanity's fault, not God's. It is our willful disposition towards disobedience that gets us right where we know we should not be. The psalmist is sounding like the prophet, for he knows the heart and will of God and has tried his best to keep the people focused on the things of God. But the people have chosen to follow the wrong things. And here yet again, the prophet prays on behalf of the people, asking God to come and comfort us. The psalmists and the prophets are the believers who intercede on behalf of the fallen and the lost. The prophets and the psalmist today are you and me and all who believe in God's mercy, who can't give up and shouldn't give up caring and praying for others. Dear sister, dear brother, the prayer is all written, already written here by David and can be prayed by us. And this is the prayer, and I'm quoting from this psalm. Help us, O God of our salvation, for the glory of your name. Deliver, to, deliver us and forgive our sins for your name's sake. Amen. Dear listener, your heart and mind know someone who needs to have that prayer lifted up for them in their name. It is worth offering that prayer on behalf of that family member or family friend who needs someone caring and loving enough to lift up a prayer in faith for their deliverance. So as we pray, think about those family members or those family friends, those co-workers, those students, those teachers that need this prayer. So loving God, as this dear listener and I pray, <clears throat> we name the persons that have come to our minds as we pray. Loving Father, we pray that you help this person and help us for the glory of your name. Deliver them and deliver us and forgive us our sins for your name's sake. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let me offer up the good news. It's not over until God says it's over, dear brother or sister. No matter the offense, no matter the sin, no matter the situation that you find yourself in, do not give up. God has not yet given up. The psalmist the pro the prophets, that's why they, they keep praying because they know God has not given up. But people sometimes think, yeah, that's all over. This is it. I've, I've done the worst. God can never forgive me, but he can and does never give up so as we go forward in this day i pray you have a great and blessed day dear friend in the lord pray again and again and again for people for yourself who come to mind and having that need receive my blessings of love i'm pastor may the lord bless you and keep you is my prayer amen what will you wake up to when you die that's the question asked by Jesus in Luke 16, verses 19 to 31. Beginning with verse 19. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and who feast sumptuously every day. And at his gate lay a poor man named Lazarus covered with sores who longed to satisfy his hunger with what fell from the rich man's table. 
Even the dogs would come and lick his sores. Poor man died and was carried away by the angels to be with Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, where he was being tormented, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. He called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in agony in these flames. But Abraham said, Child, remember that during your lifetime you received your good things, and Lazarus in like manner evil things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in agony. Besides all this, between you and us a great chasm has been fixed, so that those who might want to pass from here to you cannot do so, and no one can cross from there to us. He said, Then, Father, I beg you to send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, that he may warn them so that they will not also come into this place of torment. Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. They should listen to them. He said, No, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. He said to him, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced, even if someone rises from the dead. Thus ends the reading of the word of God for the people of God, and we all say thanks be to God. I pray this is indeed a very happy and blessed Monday for you and yours, dear friend. I pray this finds you well. Nellie and I were blessed yesterday by the welcome and hospitality shown us by the Medina United Methodist Church in Medina, Texas. Our thanks to them for being so nice to us and a prayer for continued blessings on that congregation. And to our brother Jack, who served as my liaison of hospitality while uh, there, he uh, and his wife Nikki just showed us a wonderful time and took good care of us. And I asked for a rain check on their feast and fellowship as Nellie and I had to leave early um, to return home. But we uh, we enjoyed the congregation and their welcome. And I pray that um, whatever I may have shared with them be a blessing to their life, to their church as a congregation, to the community in which they serve. And I pray all of you blessed one of God's congregations this weekend in worship and praise. The late Reverend E.V. Hill once preached on a trip he and his wife took to a certain prosperous community where he had been invited to preach. As they drove into that community, their prosperity was evident immediately. There were manicured lawns, beautiful homes, splendid cars on every street. E.V. turned to his wife and said, Something is wrong in this place. Do you sense it too? Mrs. Hill said, yes, I know what it is. There is no graffiti in this place at all. So once he took the pulpit, Reverend Hill shared with that congregation that story and also added, and with your permission, I would like to take a spray can and begin a graffiti campaign of my own. I'm only going to spray one word on each wall, car, and property that you have. And that word is temporary. Friends, one day we will wake up to our death and all we enjoyed or endured during this life will be gone. Jesus shares this parable to teach that lesson. He begins with the story of the coveted position of a wealthy man. 
dressed in the finest clothing, this man, known only as the rich man, enjoyed his status and his wealth. He also enjoyed the finest dining experiences of the day. He lacked for nothing. He had the finest food that money could buy and the finest clothing that he could afford and the finest home in which we lived. And he also enjoyed the luxury of that home with gated protection. He lived in his fine world, separated from the harsher realities of the poor. Just outside this wretch man's gate lay a sick and hungry man. His sickness was that his body was covered in sores. The sores in turn attracted dogs which licked these sores, but did nothing to curb his hunger or satisfy his hunger. The man's name was Lazarus. And Jesus said he would have given anything to eat from the crumbs from the rich man's table, but he never did. Lazarus dies, and we believe he died from hunger. And at his death, Jesus said, angels from heaven come and carry him to be at Abraham's side. I love the older version that says they took him to Father Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died, and Jesus simply says, was buried. And Jesus also says the rich man wakes up in Hades, a nice way of saying the other place, and is tormented, as we believe will be the expected uh, norm of an, ex of an eternity separated from God. The fires of Hades made the rich man thirsty, and we realize that he can see Lazarus, who is alive and living well, by Abraham's side. And so the rich man crawls out to Abraham and says, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in agony in these flames. The man who may have been sick of the sight of a sore-covered, poor, hungry man and who went out of his way from having to have contact with Lazarus now wants the tip of his finger in his mouth to help cool his suffering. The old radio announcer would have said, My, how the tables have turned. Abraham answers the rich man with the truth. Child, remember that during your lifetime you received your good things, and Lazarus in like manner evil things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in agony. Besides all this, between you and us a great chasm has been fixed so that no one can cross from there to, to us. He begs then, he says, and then please send Lazarus to my father's house, for I have five brothers, that he may warn them so that they will not also come into this place of torment. Abraham has to reply, they have Moses and the prophets, they should listen to them. The rich man persists, no, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. And Father Abraham replies, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced, even if someone rises from the dead. What a thing for the resurrected Messiah to say even before his death.
they will neither be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. Friends, we know what the Bible says. The wages of sin is death. Romans 6, verse 23. To die in sin is to die separated from God. The evident sin of the rich man is selfishness, a self-centeredness that kept the rich man from sharing with the lesser blessed some of what, have, what, some of what could have kept the poor man from dying. We meet Lazarus during the last days of his life. We can only assume what his life may have been about. But that he died and was carried by angels to Abraham's side shows that there already was a relationship with God between Lazarus and God. And as a result of that relationship, he was rewarded with an eternal life that would not end. The rich man's only true relationship was with his money and his possessions. And once his life died, so did that relationship. He was buried, and from that burial spot he enters Hades, where his eternal torment begins. And the torment is so severe, his thoughts turn to his five brothers that they may have a relationship with God too in order to keep them out of this torment. And regardless of the pleas lifted by him, Abraham replies with the truth. The scriptures stress the need for our relationship with God to be that which saves us from an eternity separated from God. And that is our reality as well. You and I have heard the good news. You and I have received and accepted the good news. You and I have accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. And we have heard about Jesus' desire to have us as his. There is no other real option. I shared the opening story from Reverend Hill because it applies here. Some people are so in love with their things. They lose sight of what really matters. They begin to place things over people and themselves over others, all of which are not Christian behaviors. Jesus' message was always of the first being last and the last being first and doing unto others as we would like for them to do unto us. The rich man clearly showed that he came first. And as far as he was concerned, others did not matter. Let's pray. Loving God, as we pray, we ask forgiveness of those times we have been like the rich man and have ignored the poor or less fortunate. Help us to share freely with others. In Christ Jesus, we pray. Amen. Dear listener, have a great and blessed day in the Lord. I thank you for listening, and I ask that today do what you can to share with others about that great chasm that will exist between those who die in the Lord and those who do not on the day we wake up to our death. Receive my blessings of love. I'm Pastor Radio Valverde. I invite you to go to pimplesandwrinkles.org. It's all one word and and is spelled out P-I-M-P-L-E-A-N-D-W-R-I-N-K-L-E-S.org. This week, I feature an interview with a brilliant musician and choral director, Dr. Sterling Allen of Good Shepherd United Methodist Church of Cypress, Texas. Uh, he's got a lot to say, and I think it'll bless you to spend... 10 minutes, 30 minutes in this case, listening to him. 
When you go to pimplesandwrinkles.org, find the media section and go down there and you'll see the Hope in Hymns is the name of that. And I again thank you for listening and I ask God bless you and keep you. Amen. Would you say your life has true contentment? Or are you still struggling with it? Today's devotional is called True Contentment. It comes from Paul's first letter to Timothy, chapter 6, verses 6 to 19. And it deals with the issue of contentment and the distractions in the Christian life and how Paul is encouraging this young disciple, this young protege, to follow in his footsteps and to put in the right place the right things. So let me begin by reading God's word for us today. 1 Timothy chapter 6, beginning with verse 6, and here it is. Of course, there is great pain and godliness combined with, and I already misread it. <laughs> I'll start over, erase that, or rewind it. Verse 6, of course, there is great gain. <laughs> Sometimes for some, there is pain. But there is great gain in godliness combined with contentment. For we brought nothing into the world so that we take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with these. But those who want to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many senseless and harm, harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. Verse 10, hear this one carefully. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. And in their eagerness to be rich, some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pains. But as for you, man of God, shun all this. <clears throat> Here's your list. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and for which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. In the presence of God who gives life to all things and of Christ Jesus who in his testimony before Pontius Pilate made the good confession, I charge you to keep the commandment without spot or blame until the manifestation of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he will bring about at the right time. He who is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and Lord of lords, it is he alone who has immortality and dwells in an unapproachable light whom no one has ever seen or can see, to him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. As for those who in the present age are rich, command them not to be haughty or to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but rather on God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, generous and ready to share, thus storing up for themselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of the life that really is life. Thus ends the reading of God's word for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, dear listener, I pray that this is indeed a very blessed and tremendous Tuesday, the 24th of September, for you and yours. Today's a kind of a sad day, or a very sad day, of goodbyes for the Plager family as they have the funeral of their daughter, Lacey. I ask prayers for her, Leslie. Uh, Leslie, who is Lacey's dad, and Deanie, who is her mom, and for Paisley, who is Lacey's daughter. I know it will be a difficult day, and as we pray, pray also for Pastor Matt Pennington as he presides and officiates at the funeral, so that God may grant him the words that comfort the family 
I ask prayers also for all who will gather there to be with the family today. Prayers also for Thelma Martinez, a woman from Detroit, Michigan, who needs prayers as she battles pancreatic cancer. Her husband also has been fighting cancer for some time, and we pray both find healing and comfort in the Lord. Prayers for our brother, the Reverend Virgilio Vasquez Garza, who on his way home this Saturday from Spain encountered some bladder problems, was briefly hospitalized in Ontario, Canada, but is home now. They arrived home today in San Antonio, and or yesterday rather, and today he was uh, on the, I'm getting this all wrong. <clears throat> yesterday was, they arrived on Sunday, yesterday was the day he was supposed to see his doctor, or today. Uh, anyway, <laughs> pray for me. I need to get my head straight. We pray for his healing. We pray for his wife, Acacia, that God may give her strength as she is there at his side during these days. Prayers also for Janet Robinson, a sister from Carn City, who is also battling cancer. Prayers for her husband. Prognosis is bleak, but we trust God. We pray God's comfort and healing be with Janet and her husband, Bill, and pray for one another and pray for yourselves. Well, I read what the Apostle Paul wrote to his young protege, Timothy, in this letter of instruction regarding life and the Christian walk. Paul had learned in his lifetime and in his work for Christ Jesus that attitude goes a long way in helping follow Jesus. To have an attitude of contentment will bless one in more closely walking with our Lord. If, on the other hand, we believe we don't have enough and develop an attitude of lack, that spills over and affects our spiritual walk. Our attitude should tell us that we serve a God of abundance who meets all our needs. I'm sure you've heard, we brought nothing into this world and we will take nothing when we die. And that comes from this letter. To desire and strive for more leads us away from where God wants us to be. It is also here we hear the true saying of the love of money is the root of all evil. And not the offset money is the root of all evil. Money in and of itself is not evil. It is the love of money. Think about that. The love of money that ruins many a life. As Paul knew, many have left the Christian walk in pursuit of money. The things that we should pursue, and here's that list again, righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. This is a message for those who realize their true life is in the supernatural, not the natural world. Believers like you and me, dear listener, who have given our lives to Jesus and who pray on a daily basis, we've entered the supernatural realm. And we know that the eternal realm of immortality is ours through Jesus Christ. Ours is a call, as Paul writes, to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous, and to be ready to share. This further supports what Jesus shared in yesterday's gospel lesson. To do as Paul and Jesus addressed, we are storing up an eternal treasure, a solid foundation for tomorrow, and to live a life that is, as Paul says, really is life. Let's pray. Awesome God, bring to life this passage in me and in this dear listener. I strive to know what truly matters and to make it a part of this supernatural life that I need to live. Lift me above the realm of today and the pressures of daily life. Make me a generous person who gives to bless others. I pray for the Plager family and for the others in our prayer for today. 
I pray for their comfort and their joy and peace. I pray for those who are mourning here and anywhere. I pray for those that are sick, and I especially pray for those that are battling cancer. Father, help us find a cure. I pray for comfort and healing for those that are miles away from healing. And I pray all these things in faith and in the name of Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. So, dear listener, thank you for joining in. I pray that you have a great and blessed day in the Lord. I pray that you also be a person rooted in the supernatural. People will want to live like you. And if this has blessed you, share it with someone. Forward it to someone if you are reading it and listening at the same time. That others may come to know the joy, the peace, and the power that is ours as believers in Jesus Christ. I pray blessings of love upon you. I am Pastor Enadio Vanderde. I thank you for your support of prayers and for sharing this email. And I ask you to continue to pray, continue to share the emails. Because you know that these bless the work of the Lord Jesus. We want to grow the kingdom one disciple at a time. Your gifts at paypal.me slash Verde also bless us. But may the Lord bless you and keep you. And again, thank you for joining in. Thank you for being a part of this that I pray has blessed you. Amen. May this be a wonderful Wednesday for you, the 25th of September. The title of today's Concafe is called An Action of Hope, and it comes from the prophet Jeremiah. Chapter 32, verses 1 through 3, the first part of verse 3, and then verses 6 to 15. Hear now this powerful word of the Lord that I pray illustrates the hope that we should have in God. Beginning with verse 1. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord in the tenth year of King Zedekiah of Judah, which was the eighteenth year of Nebuchadnezzar. At that time the army of the king of Babylon was besieging Jerusalem, and the prophet Jeremiah was confined in the court of the guard that was in the palace of the king of Judah, where King Zedekiah of Judah had confined him. Jeremiah said, The word of the Lord came to me. Hanamel, the son of your uncle Shalom, is going to come to you and say, By my field, that is Anathoth, for the right of redemption by purchase is yours. Then my cousin Hanamel came to me in the court of the, of the guard in accordance with the word of the Lord and said to me, By my field, that is Anathoth, and the land of Benjamin, for the right of possession and redemption is yours. Buy it for yourself. Then I knew that this was the word of the Lord, and I bought the field at Anathoth from my cousin Hanamel, and weighed out the money to him, seventeen shekels of silver. I signed the deed, sealed it, got witnesses, and weighed the money on scales. Then I took the sealed deed of purchase, containing the terms and conditions in the open copy, and I gave the deed of purchase to Baruch, son of Neriah, son of Maseiah, in the presence of my cousin Hanamel. In the presence of the witness, <clears throat> witnesses who signed the deed of purchase, and in the presence of all the Judeans who were sitting in the court of the guard. In their presence I charge Baruch, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Take these deeds, both this sealed deed of purchase and this open deed, and put them in an earthen jar, earthenware jar, in order that they may last for a long time. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, houses and fields and vineyards shall again be bought in this land. 
Thus ends the reading of the word of God for the people of God, and we should say thanks be to God. Now, as we start this blessed, and I pray happy Wednesday to you and yours, I pray that uh, your faithfulness is rewarded because I thank you for praying for the person shared through this devotional email. And the question, why do we pray, gets answered again and again, because God answers prayer. And indeed, he does. I pray that whatever your need or challenge be this day, that you would trust God in asking for his presence and power. And I ask continued prayers for Reverend Virgilio Vasquez Garza. He spent Monday night in ER, also due to his bladder issues. He hopes to see his urologist soon, or at least the nurse practitioner, because I understand it's like a three-week wait for his urologist. He may get a sooner appointment with the nurse practitioner. I ask prayers for those mourning and prayers for those recovering from surgery and procedures. I ask special prayers for those battling cancer. And as always, I encourage you to pray for one another and to pray for yourselves. Pray with faith and pray with love, asking God's help and guidance in all things. This passage finds the weeping prophet Jeremiah in jail as we read his passage. Imagine the risk of being jailed or worse because you are simply preaching your faith, sharing what God placed in your heart and mouth to share. His message had always been one from God and as a result, not a popular one, for he told the truth. You stray from God, you will pay the price. And to make the situation worse, the capital city of Jerusalem is or was under siege by Babylon. Situation could not have been bleaker. Yet the word of God came to the prophet about an action of hope he was about to take. He was to buy a field even during war. Most of us would be seeking to sell whatever real estate we had and taking the next bus, plane, or train out of Dodge. I can envision stores being boarded up, chariots, abandoned schools, closed, the temple steps filled with blood. The last thing on anyone's mind was buying real estate. I would be thinking, run or hide. But friends, this proves that with God involved, nothing should ever be as bleak as it seems. God says things that go against the expected. The world may say, do this, but God may say, do that. And God is always right. Jeremiah does as God asks, and he buys signs and seals the deed to this property that God said that he should buy. All in full sight of the Judeans, and God declared, homes and fields and vineyards shall again be bought in this land. This was a proclamation from God to the people of God, saying to them, I am not finished with what I am doing here. Again, situation was very bleak. City under siege, the prophet in jail, and uh, people tending to be feeling hopeless, but they hear this positive word, this word of hope. I am not finished with what I am doing here. The reality is that what God has and continues to say in our lives is if we are in tune with him and ask for his presence and power, God will see us through. Friends, ours is an overcomer's faith. 
Reread the book, story after story, person after person. The Bible tells of a God who has the last word in all things, even and especially death. So, dear friend, whatever it is that you are facing, whatever the challenges in your life, whatever worries or anxieties are keeping you up at night, take a deep breath. Say a thought prayer of of thanksgiving to God. And then just turn it all over to God. And you will hear God say, I'm not through with you yet. I'm not through showing you just how I can pull you out of this mess that you think you're in. So let's pray. God of life, speak to our hearts especially where when we are in the midst of despair and challenge. Speak hope, breathe life into us. Let, let us close out the distractions of desperation and instead hear the clear voice which is thine as we move forward. It is in Christ Jesus' strong name we pray. Amen. So I pray you have a great and blessed day in the Lord, dear listener. I pray that you be a bearer of hope to those who think things have been closed or given up for dead. And I pray, as always, share this message with someone in need. We want to make the world know the love that God has for us and the help and the hope that is ours by trusting God. And it can't happen if you just delete this and not forward it to family or friends or co-workers or people you know are, are in desperation. And I pray that that would bring a blessing to them and to you for having shared it. So, dear listener, receive my blessings of love to you and yours. I'm Pastor Radio Valverde. May the Lord bless you and keep you is my prayer. God bless you all. Amen.